welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and this is a very special program today for myself and for my guest and for, well, for millions of people who have loved and honored the work of Mr. Prince Rogers Nelson. Of course, I am talking about Prince, and we are coming up this week marks the three-year date anniversary. I don't even like using the word anniversary of his passing. And contrary to the official story, the official story was that at 57 years of age, he was found alone and unresponsive in an elevator at his Paisley Park studio in suburban Minneapolis, of course, on April 21st, 2016, three years ago. The official story goes like this, right? An autopsy found that Prince died of an accidental, and I'm putting quotes, accidental overdose of fentanyl, a synthetic opioid, which is 50 times more powerful than heroin. Authorities claim that it is likely Prince didn't know he was taking this very dangerous drug. And sources of the the source of those pills at that time, too, were an unknown, and no one has been charged in Prince's death. Now, my guest is someone who has been following this since the very beginning. And as a matter of fact, we had just a few, maybe a day or two after Prince's passing, we had my guest on and um, we have her back after the three years. And we're going to talk about uh, the work that she's been doing and uh, and justice for Prince. It's Abigail Noel, and Abigail Noel is uh, an incredible intuitive therapist and psychic channel. Her website is abigailnoel.com, and the website that she has started for justice for Prince, it's, it's exactly those words. It's justice, the number four, prince.com, and I want to welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I want to welcome back my dear friend, my soul sister, Abigail Noel. Abby, how are you doing? Hey, hey, C. How are you doing, Christine? Thanks for having me on. And thank you to uh, all of the out of the box listeners. Thank you guys for being here as well. And we have to we have to let the listeners know because this is just you could not write this in a Hollywood script. We had okay, so we had um, we had talked about doing the three year anniversary uh, show, talking about um, the case because it is it is still uh, it's still open. This the case of yes, inactive, not closed. Inactive, exactly. So so we talked about this and we scheduled to do this. We scheduled the day to record it. And um, on the day that we recorded it, uh, we, you know, we did the we did the show. I saved the file, and and as we were doing the show, I had noticed with Maggie with Maggie's with Abby's mic, 
there were a little pops and, and, and the sound wasn't as clear as it is now. And but I was like, you know what, this is important. Uh, we got to get this done. And I was going to clean it up uh, later, the audio. Well, and I remember <laughs> saving, <laughs> I remember saving not only the audio file, I saved the audio file and I saved a Word document, right? That was related to the interview. It was just basic notes that I had. <laughs> and and I went to go edit it uh, like a day later, 24 hours later, I went to go edit it and it was gone, gone, <laughs> gone from my, gone, gone from everything. And here's the thing. It was in my file of like, you know, recently um, opened files. I saw it and I clicked on it and it said, it's, it basically said, this file doesn't exist. And I said, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what do you mean it doesn't exist? This has only happened twice in my entire career. Uh, of of doing this, and I've been doing <laughs> I've been doing this for seventeen gosh, seventeen eighteen years. Only twice has this happened. That time when I just talked to you just a couple of days, Abby, uh, with this Prince interview, <laughs> and when we first uh, talked, and I think it was like a day after Prince's uh, death, uh, murder. Yeah. Um, and we had done a show, and again the file was absolutely corrupted. It was, it was, it was, it couldn't play it. It went from an hour to a minute and it was weird and I couldn't use it. So we had to record uh, that show again, that interview, a new one. And, um, and I like, all I could say is Prince, the master producer, the perfectionist that he is was like, girls, that ain't good enough. You got to go back to the <laughs> studio. <laughs> Do it again. And, What's wild is just to further that, you know, you and I have done several other oh, yeah. shows on other topics and never had that problem. Only the first time that we ever talked to, to you know, to Prince and then this time on his third year uh, anniversary did, did that happen. So it's funny that both times the topic was Prince. So twice in my out of literally thousands of interviews that I've done. Has right, this and I I keep getting chills when you said you know I heard the little pop pop the crack crack and I mean you know a lot of people anyone who know, who really knows anything about Prince definitely knows that this man was a perfectionist you know as a performer and in his life so it, it is it is funny it is funny some one day one day see you and I'll be in in heaven you know aka Navaya one day no 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 time soon but we'll, we'll find out for sure if that's what it is oh, I know. go hey guys remember those remember those you know those tapes that disappeared those shows yeah that was me i already i can i can already see him doing that little sheepish shy little thing look that he does when he bats his eyelashes you know um just like oh, chills again I'm such a naughty little boy um <laughs> And 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 that is the um, the energy that the uh, the spirit and the energy of Prince just carries uh, through uh, when we do these interviews. And I know I've had we've had listeners that have um, listened to these shows and listened to the original program that we did uh, right after Prince's death, and. Uh, they themselves, by listening to the shows, they feel his presence. He has a magnificently powerful uh, presence and energy, does he not? Oh, yeah. In fact, that's one of the things that I noticed um, right off the bat. It, it was um, I was very aware the first time that I realized his soul presence, it was less than 48 hours after his death, I realized it was his soul presence that was with me. 
And um, that's the first thing that I noticed. And and being someone who's been aware of spirit all of my life, and I'm really more comfortable in in a lot of ways, most ways, really speaking, you know, conversing with people who are out of body. Um, and the first thing, so I've talked to lots of dead people, I guess that's an easy way to say it. <laughs> lots and lots of dead people. And the first thing I noticed about Prince's energy is it's, it was dynamic and they would call him the magic man in heaven. And that's that the signs started really ramped up. I mean, they doubled or, or tripled. Um, and when I say, you know, the signs from heaven, you know, number sequences that I would see things that, uh, purple cars, uh, pennies gosh at first everyone was getting pennies there, there's so many things feathers from heaven but there were so many signs uh that that i started receiving from prince and people all over the world started receiving visions dreams and signs from prince rogers nelson and uh, i wasn't the only person um to to know without a doubt that this man was murdered uh for music rights and what he knew about who uh inside uh you know, our, uh, a fraction of our, our government and the entertainment industry. Uh, most people uh, call this group, I, I call it a gang. Uh, most people call this gang the Illuminati. And I didn't even know, I, I really didn't know it was real. I didn't really know much about the Illuminati when I, I had heard the word a couple times. But uh, after his death, that was part of uh, not just, you know, uh, the prophetic information that I received was not just about how he died, but it was also about why. Um, and and much of it was uh, political. And oh, and when we're, we're going to talk about the music rights uh, because when I uh, for this particular program, I had I just did a little bit of looking up, and um, I understand now also why he messed with the audio, just so we had to do it again because I came up with something. It's almost like hmm, it's kind of one of those things where like let. You know, let's say you get in your car and you're supposed you're supposed to start your car to go to work and it and it and it's not your car's not working right. It's a dead battery. You're like, oh gosh, darn it, why me? Oh, blah, blah, blah. then you got to go to the thing and get the battery and then, you know, it takes two extra hours and then you find out, oh my goodness, if I would have jumped on the freeway, there was a big tanker truck uh, accident. I could have been killed. Whatever, right? So, not to that extreme, but what it was was that when I went to look up, uh, just a couple notes for this. I came across because I remembered I remembered that w- when we had talked to that Prince had a vault of music. This was his only thing that he had owned because the the record label um and again everything that he ever created was, you know, really uh taken by the the record label and that's remember remember when he there was that time where he was going by no name it was you know the artist formerly known as Prince right right, right. and writing wrote slave on his face and he wrote and, slave yeah. exactly and 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 we want to get into um I for people who are not familiar with the whole uh, record label issue and and the the fight that he had uh, over that I can't you know what came up it says this, and, and maybe you know about this, and, and if you don't, then please chime in. I got full chills. I, I When I saw this, I just, I started, my body started shaking. Prince's vault music to be streamed on Jay-Z's title oh, yeah. in yep, 2019. Yep. So this is the article, and um, and forgive me for not having the reference to where this was. It might have been the AP, I'm not, I don't know. It says, a new album of previously unreleased music from Prince's vault 
will be released on Jay-Z's title streaming service in 2019. The Prince Estate, okay, which is not Prince, it's the Prince Estate, which right. which you'll we'll get into who who exactly the Prince Estate is. But the Prince quote-unquote estate and t- title, so Jay-Z's company, announced details of this agreement two days after a Minnesota judge said the deal could go forward. The deal represents a new meeting of the minds. This is all written, you know, in 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 this article between Jay Z and the Prince Estate, long at odds over earlier deals prior to Prince's death, and efforts since to bring to market some of the contents of Prince's vault of never released music at his Paisley Park. Well, they called it a compound. The deal concludes unresolved legal matters between title and the Prince estate. And basically what they're saying, and this is a quote from Jay-Z. And he said in a statement, our goal, our only goal is to share Prince's music with his fans as he wanted. I read that and I, I heard, I felt Prince go, you, you know, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. so I wanted to get your um, take on that. And first of all, if, if you don't mind, can you let our listeners know about this whole battle with Prince and his music and the record label in particular? For those people, you know, the whole idea of and, you know, let's rewind to when he was writing Slave on his face, when he changed his name to the artist formerly known as Prince. Was it that the record label wanted to own every single thing, anything that he ever Every, ever created and do what they wanted with that? Oh, yes, 100%. I mean, that's basically how, how it works in the industry. It works, you know, and, and not just with music, but it's, it's uh, you know, it happens. It's, it's more prolific in the music industry because there's so much money um, involved. And so there's so much greed. But, yeah, these guys, if any of these artists um, try and fight for their music rights. And I mean, we can look at history. History's shown us this. Michael Jackson fought Sony. Where is he today? He's dead. And what are they doing? Trying to disparage his character even after he's died. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got George Michael, who, um, and I realize to a lot of people, it doesn't um, appear like it looks, but see, these guys uh, control and they threaten. Um, they get dirt on these stars. They threaten them with their, you know, careers or with exposing secrets about them. You know, as, as I said, this goes back, the Illuminati runs the record companies. The Illuminati also, you know, runs the pharmaceutical companies. They run pretty much everything that that we touch, you know, that mainstream touches. But again, um, you know, any artist that has fought for his music rights and or gone out on their own label, let's talk about Nipsey Hussle. So again, I, mean, I didn't finish with George Michael. Many people think that, you know, that he just died on his own of old age. That's not what spirit tells me. And again, you know, these, these aren't all of this information. I didn't know any of this. I was quite naive. I was just working as a healer when Prince died. God started talking to me about all this. And I'll, I'll remember it was about mid-May. Uh, it was a May, about May 6th. And there's a video that I did. It's on YouTube. Um, when I really started understanding that Warner Brothers Records was really behind this um, and that our government has been running Hollywood mainly via the CIA, 
since Hollywood's inception. This goes back to Billie Holiday and maybe before. So these stars are viewed as commodities and, and some of them are okay with it. They will trade fame to be a commodity and the stars that, you know, the entertainers that will not uh, participate in this. In fact, the words I kept hearing from spirit were in, in, in this Illuminati, in this, in this gang, you, you, you pay play or you go away. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. you know, we can look at the history. One of the most deadly things you can do is fight for your music rights. They, they shouldn't be allowed. Uh, they shouldn't be allowed to own these, these entertainers, uh, uh, intel, you know, intellectual property and their music rights in the first place. That's ridiculous. There isn't any house that's managing um, an entertainer or anybody else that needs to take more than 20%, period. But these guys, um, you know, they've been running this game for so long that in their minds, they create the playground that these guys are playing in. And so they literally feel like they own these stars. They made them and they will break them. And so that's that's what's going on in the entertainment industry. Mm. It's interesting. I, I've I've seen um, a, a few reports, and, and and actually really interesting blogs. And and one of the the uh, the blogs that kind of um, struck out for me that 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 came out was um, I think it's a Truth Seeker blog. Um, and the questions it was very interesting because. Remember, prior to his um, passing, prior to his death, it was there was um, an entity that was saying that Prince. It was rumored that Prince had AIDS. It was rumored that Prince was a drug addict. Um, showing footage of of Prince on a bicycle, you know, um, you know, not 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 looking well, right? Um, right. A lot of that was TMZ. And TMZ. Not that they're the only ones, but they're one of the worst. No, but TMZ was was the one and TMZ and and this and I have to look this up because um but I I'm I, I'm not 100% certain here. But TMZ is a division of Warner Brothers. I believe so. Yes. I got chills on that. <laughs> what? They certainly work from. Well, it's funny because this this doctor, uh, there was a doctor that showed up. I don't want to jump but i just went there when you mentioned warner brothers because again man people just don't realize how powerful these guys are and they're in bed with sony i don't i'm not again i just received this stuff from spirit i don't i don't watch the truthers i don't read um i just pay attention to the signs and the information it's a lot like playing charades sometimes i do receive direct information but more often than not you you know what i'm talking about it's like a puzzle you've got to stay really conscious you stay in the present moment you watch all the signs and pretty soon things start making sense and you've got to always be questioning and staying out of the way of what you think you know mm-hmm. but um you know uh, again i it was about it was about the middle of may when i realized because i mean at first you know when, when princess solescence came i didn't know what happened to him i had no idea i didn't know anything about the illuminati I, that's part of the reason I believe that spirit chose me uh, to, you know, be one of the mouthpieces for Prince. I'm not the only person um, out there speaking for him, but I, I will say this humbly but confidently: um, I have provided more psychic evidence to murder in this case than any psychic channel or medium has on any other case, and I honestly cannot believe 
that I'm still fighting for this now because the evidence in this case, when you really look into it, screams murder. And if we can, uh, and I know we're going to, we just got to get the right situation. And yeah. going back to this AIDS story, they, they told, first they told us he had AIDS. Well, uh, what I was shown by spirit um, is that, and you, and you're, you were one of the first people to hear this with me uh, that night for, for anyone who doesn't know, I got, I got you and another friend of mine, Camille from California, who's uh, who's a healer and also uh, a nurse. And uh, one of the first things that came through was that he was being poisoned by his personal chef and that he had been being poisoned with arsenic for about 18 months. And, um, and that's all we need here. And so I'm still, beating the drum and I will continue be beating the drum until we get enough attention on this case to get the right intervention to have his remains, which they still have hair tissue and blood samples. They better because this case is inactive. It's not closed. It's inactive. And uh, all we need to do is test for that arsenic because again, everything else that I brought through in this case has been a hundred percent accurate so far. Well, let's play a game of Clue, shall we? I mean, that's a that's a, remember that board game when you were a kid. Yes, uh, and it I was, love that game. Remember, it was what was it? The uh, Mister Mustard in the uh, in the library with a candlestick. Yes, Mister Mustard. It wasn't Mister Mustard. It was somebody else. I forget what it was. But, you it's, know, it's Mrs. Plum yeah. in the kitchen with a knife. <laughs> I love that game. I love that game. I am a pr- little private detective myself. So let's play a game of Clue, shall we? If let's say you're investigating the the death of probably one of the one of history's most prolific artists, and um, you go you're going to the crime scene or to the death scene, and the very last person who uh, who saw the person who is deceased, um, it happens to be the cook. <laughs> Which, right, which, is, which I did originally think was the chef. Isn't that funny? So I mean, I mean, I mean, thought it was a female. I thought it was a female. Well, you, um, you got you know, yeah, you, know, you got that because it's a it's a it's a, a husband and wife or partners. And wife. Yeah. So so the his last meal was prepared from his personal chef, and again, you don't have to Ray be Roberts. and you don't have to be Inspector Clouseau or Inspector Gadget. To to go, hmm. I would like to ask some questions of this person who um, who who was responsible for for the the food and the drink of this person who um who who is laying dead on on the floor here, and the day or day or two after the passing, when you had received uh, contact from the soul essence of Prince, you came up with some very intricate and detailed information about um, about this and about Ray Roberts and Ray and Joelle uh, Roberts, correct? And this is before yes. the Associated Press. Now, um, if you can, let our listeners know what you recounted to myself and Camille, and then I'm going to tell you about the, um, I have right in front of me, the Associated Press article that was dated uh, May 2nd, 2016. So uh, um, you go ahead and you go ahead and just let our listeners know what you had, um, what what came up for you, uh, again, just really, just like, you know, hours after the, the, uh, the death of Prince. Oh, yeah, it was, it was hours. It was the evening of the 23rd. And again, you and uh, Camille were on the phone. 
And uh, then this was made public on the 25th um, of April and again on the 27th, well before this May 2nd date. And what was shown to me, again, at first I, I thought it was a female cook. You know, you're, you're, it's like playing charades. You do your best as you can to get it accurate. I did not know. And, and who would have really known, I didn't follow Prince, that he had a husband and wife. I mean, you know, who else could we find that has a husband and wife chef combination? But um, uh, first thing I said was that his chef was the last person to see him that night and that his chef made him, and this was very specific, made him a uh, fresh fruit tonic that he called his, he called it his lemonade. He was very specific to tell me that he treated his body like a temple, that he was no drug addict, that he did not know I got that he was, that. you know, taking the drugs. Uh, thank you for that. I just got him myself. <laughs> um, he, he told me that uh, he regularly, that he had been having some trouble lately uh, with digestion, not feeling too well, that he had gone to the doctor that day, all right, which has been proven, proven. I said, I said three o'clock. It turns out it was five o'clock. Now, what I'm willing to bet you is it was three o'clock when Kirk Johnson called and made the appointment because to God, anytime the catalyst event happens, then the event itself has happened. But going back to that, so I even had seen and was told through spirit that Prince went to the doctors that day, that he hadn't been feeling so well. So again, going back to this juice, what Prince told me was they dosed. I'll never forget him saying that word. They dosed my juice. They dosed my juice. Later, he kept calling it my poison. When I would say juice, he'd say the poison, the poison. And again, his chef was the last person to see him. And again, I brought this information through less than 48 hours after his death before anyone would have known that his chef was the last person to see him that night. Yeah. Again, mm -hmm. Prince was very specific about telling me about the fresh fruit juice uh, tonic, which he called his lemonade. He said it was fresh lemon juice. Very specifically, he told me that he had a, a filter, a whole house filter on it, on his house that he was very concerned uh, so much about his health. I mean, does this sound like someone who, you know, was a drug addict, didn't care about his health. No, he was so concerned about his health, he had a filter um, and talked about the water needing to be pure. So it was filtered water, fresh lemon juice, he said, to uh, help be, uh, cleanse his system and bring oxygen to his blood. He was very specific. And then he said, sweetened with pineapple, sweetened with pineapple, no sugar. And then he explained to me that the pineapple had digestive enzymes because he was having trouble with his digestion. He didn't know it was wrong with him. He'd gone to the doctor that day because the doctor ran some blood tests. This has all been validated. Dr. Schulenberg was there at Paisley Park at 9.30 a.m. just after Prince's body had been found because he had an appointment that morning with Prince. He was bringing the results from further mm. blood testing. And I say, mm -hmm. I say, because here's another thing. I also knew, I said, oh my God, he didn't eat his dinner that night. He didn't eat his dinner that night. They'll find it because he didn't trust his chefs. He did not trust his chefs. That's when uh, God explained to me that Prince had been poisoned with arsenic for the last 18 months. That's what they did because they were trying to make him look sickly. That is to say that that is all tied into the fact that they tried to make us think out in the press, probably these TMZ assholes liars that prince had aids we now have an autopsy that that absolutely 
conclusively says, no, he did not have AIDS. And I also said they will find enough drugs in his system to kill an elephant. I said it was overkill. They put way too much in there. And that is true. That is absolutely true. We now know that. And one more piece. And this is amazing to me. As I said, I, I say it humbly, but confidently. Nobody's ever provided this much information on a case and, and any case psychically like this. This is evidence because it's now been proven as fact. So by math and standards, science, I mean, by math and science's standards, I have already proven murder. Because in addition to knowing all of that and it being accurate, I also said there's a triad. I said there are three drugs in his system. Now, I didn't get this exact, but oh my God, it's close enough. I said morphine. Fentanyl is a derivative yeah. of morphine, yeah. right, which is 50,000 times stronger. Then I said, I said at two different times, I said barbiturates or opiates. It was another opiate. But I still had the three drugs and the because the other opiate, which people don't know, this hasn't really been released, but it is true. You can check it. Please go to our website, justice4prince.com, the number four. And it's all there on reviewing the autopsy. There was enough drugs found in Prince to kill an elephant, maybe more, maybe more. Um, and with that said, I also said they would find liquid cocaine mixed with these drugs because it made it a sure kill. It numbed out the organs so that he wouldn't have felt the effects. Now, they gave him so much, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. By the time when he drank that juice, there it was a matter of time. There was nothing that was going to bring him back by the amount of drugs. There were 14,000 milligrams of fentanyl alone found in his gastric system. And this is what's interesting. You know, at the time, I didn't really understand why Spirit made a big deal about him not eating his dinner. Well, the autopsy proves that Prince hadn't eaten in 8 to 12 hours. And these drugs, okay, there were no evidence of pills. He would have had to have swallowed 7,000 plus pills to equal 14,000 mgs of fentanyl in his gastric system, in his stomach. And the only way to get those drugs into his stomach was to ingest it through his mouth because we know through the autopsy the highest uh, levels of drugs were found in his stomach. So that means it went there first. So he and he didn't eat for eight to 12 hours. He didn't take these by pill form. There would have been evidence of that because he died so fast. And so what that means is he drank the drugs. So the other thing that spirit made sure to tell me was that he went upstairs at night with juice made by his personal chef. And that the only reason he drank the juice and wouldn't eat the dinner because he didn't trust him. He was starting to know they had poisoned him because I say Dr. Schulenberg told him earlier that day at 5 p.m in front of Kirk Johnson, because that's who's with him, just like I said, his assistant in the black SUV told him that it looked like he was being poisoned because that there was the high level of heavy metals in his blood. And, uh, and what's interesting is uh, Dr. Schulenberg couldn't be f found for about three months. Yeah. And then he popped back up across town in a, in a new, yeah. in a new clinic. Yeah. So that's interesting with a $30,000 fine for prescribing Percocet to Kirk Johnson which is ridiculous. Prince, it's anyway, it's all a joke. Well, and, and, but, and in, in, even in the, the Associated Press article, when they interviewed Ray Roberts, he, he said that 
he said that the musicians that the musician that uh, that Prince suffered from sore throats, they were, that he suffered from frequent sore throats, and it's and he was losing weight, and 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 everybody was still talking about this whole thing about his throat, his throat, and I would think that if you're taking if you're getting slow dosed with arsenic. It, it and you're drinking it. It might have an effect on your on obviously on your throat. It also might um, make you lose weight. Sure. It also might completely. It's like pouring acid on your internal you know organs. So he was slowly being um, poisoned, and then uh, and then at the very end there, it was the final the, that you know that that final dose. Now, what what for me and and when I was playing the game of Clue. It was always, you know, kibono. Who benefits? Why? Why? And and I and I and I want you for for our listeners to let our listeners know what was channeled to you on the um, number one on why why take him out and um, the names or the people or that 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 came up for you during that initial reading. And again, this is like you know a day or two after his death, before any of these articles, before any of these interviews, you had um, channeled this. You, know, you you had this the soul essence of Prince communicating with you, and we have that on tape, and people can look at that. And I'll put that in. Uh, I'll put a link to that show for people who, after they're listening to this, they can uh, listen to that and they can see the date uh, of that of that program. But 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 why why Abby why would why would they do that to him? Twofold. One one it started it started when he fought Warner Brothers and he thought he thought he'd struck a deal. And if you if anyone goes back and listens to he even uh, he's saying about Warner Brothers, so he was very open. Prince was way more political than I knew, and I think than what most people knew. He followed Dick Gregory. He was speaking in interviews. He was speaking uh, boldly uh, about chemtrails and the depopulation plan and the United States government, that this is all true. People say, oh, Prince wasn't political. Prince didn't vote because he knew the two-party system was a joke, and it is. He's not going to waste his time with something that doesn't make sense. But but with that said, he was political. He was for the people. He wasn't necessarily for politics, but he was for the people. And he and he certainly uh, had a had a relationship uh, with with, you know, God, with love and truth um, in, in his life. A lot of people didn't realize that either. But again, why? It was twofold. One is because he fought Warner Brothers for his music rights and he was keeping all of his stuff. He was making a plan. In fact, another thing that I channeled is I said he was writing a book. He was writing a book and he was going to expose things about the, the industry, about the Illuminati. I don't know if he was going to use that word, but that's what he was going to do. And he was going to expose things about the government, about the government. There's also a big piece here because and it's, this may sound absolutely nuts to people still today. But I know I didn't make it up and it isn't anything I would have thought. A lot of times people say, you know, how do you know, how do you know it was God? Well, I said, damn straight, no, it wasn't me, you know, and I was never a Hillary Clinton fan, but I will tell you, uh, immediately I was told by spirit. I mean, that came booming through that she was fully aware that Prince was to be a hit, that she is what's called a henchman. That word was given to me, a henchman inside the Illuminati. Um, and that she was out to steal the election, which we all know she she did steal the seat from Bernie Sanders. And that's another thing that came through is mm-hmm. that Prince was going to come out and expose a lot of this before the election. Again, I'm not saying that Prince was going to 
um, uh, you know, uh, advocate for a particular candidate. Uh, but he was certainly going to come out and expose because he didn't vote. Makes sense. It's kind of the same way I am. I'm there to expose truth and expose judgment, but I will not vote until we get rid of this two-party system. So I'm not going to advocate for one or the other or or choose a side until we get rid of this system that asks us to choose a side. But if you but reveal, at the same time, right. I'm going to right. right, and I'm going to fight for justice. So again, going back to this, what I was. Uh, what came through. And now let me go to the personal side. So two, twofold, he was murdered because he fought for his music rights. And number two, because he was an outspoken entertainer. And he was speaking out, as I said, against uh, different political uh, agendas um, and following people like Dick Gregory. With that said, and that'll get you on the hit list with the Illuminati in a hurry. If you're speaking out, it better be for their agenda. If you don't align yourself with their agenda, then you get put on what's called a sacrifice list. Again, all of this I learned through my channel, even the, the, the word henchman for Hillary Clinton. And what that means is that she uh, ultimately... And she sits right under the Queen of England. And Hillary Clinton ultimately makes the final decision on who gets hit and why. And I'll tell you, whatever this is, and I'm not sure I understand it completely. I'm not sure if Prince was going to expose things specifically about Hillary Clinton or about the election. I know he was big about the election being stolen. Um, and that's that's a fact. But it was definitely going to hurt her. And there's the same energy with Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. There was something they, they had found out that was going to hurt uh, the Clinton, you know, Hillary Clinton and her and her her, her cronies, her gang. Um, and then the other piece that came through uh, with Prince was a family member, his sister, Tyka Nelson. And I I I. I mean, there's there's no question in my mind. His sister sold him out. There was such a huge piece of betrayal. And she was actually the first face that I was shown, his sister Taika, as being um, one of the, the main players in his um, in his murder. And then next, of course, was uh, the, the, the chefs, uh, which it came through to me as seeing more the female chef. And I do understand now three years later. See, when you do this type of investigative psychic work, it doesn't, it do, you don't just get an, all the answers right away. And sometimes you don't understand all of the answers right away either. It's really no different than law enforcement. They work with tangible uh, evidence and I work with the intangible, but you still work it the same way. And the case develops with time and you start to understand pieces more. But again, the reason that I saw the female chef more is because she is she was more of the mastermind behind this. In fact, um, she may have even been the one whose hand put the drugs into the smoothie. Now, we know through the investigation, Ray Roberts told law enforcement, Carver County Sheriff's Department, that he did bring, in fact, bring Prince a regularly made him. Uh, fruit smoothies and and uh, brought him one that evening. Brought had brought him one and and given it to him before he died. Ray also admitted to being the last person to see Prince alive, and also talked about how how uh, he had never seen Prince more upset or and and agitated than he was the night he got home from the doctor's appointment and from uh, and and they say the last place he went was Walgreens to get this prescription filled. Um, I'm not so sure about that piece. 
um, right there. I believe a lot of that was a setup, just like the uh, the uh, uh, addictions counselor, Doctor. Oh God, what's his name? Corn Cornfield. Cornfield. Corn, yeah. Cornfield. I believe that was all a setup. Prince never. Prince was not an addict. Prince was not going through withdrawals. Prince, none of that. All of that is lies. Yeah. All of that is lies. And, and part of the setup. So again, Tyka was involved, his chefs were involved, but I mean, here, here's where it gets really, to me, it's, it's still sad. Three years later, uh, Kirk Johnson was involved. Sheila E had full knowledge of what was going to happen to Prince. Phaedra, uh, his assistant, Marona, uh, another assistant, I guess, or someone who worked for him, all of these people. Now, again, on that first, you know, less than 48 hours after he died, the first faces that were shown to me was Tyka Nelson, his chefs, and Hillary Clinton, which a lot of people did not understand. But the way God looks at it is anybody who had knowledge and who had the power to make it happen um, are, are the most responsible. And so the most responsible in this case, and I stick by it as far as God is concerned, is his sister Tyka Nelson, the chefs Ray and Joel Roberts, and Hillary Clinton. Now, again, there are so many people that have knowledge. We could keep going out. There are so many people that have knowledge um, that were in Prince's inner circle. In fact, all of them have at least suspicions that Prince was murdered. But here's how it works in the industry. You either keep your mouth shut or you're going to be the next sacrifice. You keep your mouth shut or you're going to be the next sacrifice. And if you don't keep your mouth shut, okay, you won't be working. See, all of many of these people, I won't say all of them, but many of them, Tyke and Nelson for sure. In fact, um, some about a month or two later, I predicted uh, that Tyke and Nelson was going to go on some concert tour and have a have some TV show. And sure, sure enough. She didn't get past the pilot. I also predicted that. I told everyone, don't worry. No one's going to watch her show and she won't get past the pilot. And that's true. But all of that happened because she received what's called a golden parachute, all right, for her silence and her participation in her brother's murder. And the way many people that are willing to play with this gang, all right, because they are so enticed by by fame, whatever that is, and, and greed, money, you know, jobs, whatever this is, they're so enticed by that and mesmerized by it that to them, it's like, oh, oh well, he did this. He should never have fought Warner Brothers. We knew what was going to, he knew what was going to happen. Why should I die just because he's going to die? He did this. It's his fault. It's kind of, it's the same thing people say, and they function just like a street gang. It's the same thing people say in a, in a, in a street gang. It's why they all keep quiet. You don't see anything or you're next and then you don't have a job or you're out. If you don't have that protection from your gang, you're screwed. Mm. So it's the same thing going on just because they drive nicer cars or they have more money or they're in charge of corporations or in or, or CAA agency. You know, just because they think they're in charge and large in Hollywood, it doesn't it doesn't mean that it functions by any different rules it's a gang is a gang is a gang and you pay you play or you go away mm. one way or another and there are quite a few people who benefited obviously um uh after the passing and, and and one thing that was that i remember from that interview that i had with you uh again three three years ago just um hours after uh prince's passing <clears throat> was 
betrayal. <clears throat> that was something that that you that you had said that was coming Huge. through really strongly. Betrayal. Huge. And here's an interesting point. The first piece of betrayal um, was with his sister. Um, he had he had kicked uh, Jewel and and uh, Jewel Roberts and his sister Tyka Nelson. Neither one of them were allowed to come inside Paisley Park six months prior to his crossing because he had found he had see Prince had that whole place rigged with cameras and sound, and mm. he knew and he watched everybody because he didn't trust anybody. He never knew who to trust. He and here's the thing, you know, people thought he was tough here and there and and a bit of a perfectionist or you know whatever that is, but. You know, here's the thing. He had such a heart, such a big heart that he didn't want to accuse anybody, even though he had suspicions. You know, people say, why didn't he just come out and say something? Because he told Kim Barry, his hairdresser of 30 years on more than one occasion, that he was starting to suspect Ray and Jewel Roberts, his chefs, of poisoning him. You know, people said, then why, why would he do this? Why did he do that? Why didn't he come out sooner? He was trying to get the evidence. See, Prince was such a good person that he didn't want to accuse somebody of something and then find out he was wrong. Right. So he he so wanted to get the evidence. Um, but again, going back, I think I lost the the, the, the question. Where were where were we? No, was was that the, the overwhelming um, the Betrayal. the word the, the yeah the the words the 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 feeling that was coming to you was the was the betrayal because again, he he he. Um, and rightfully so. I think he already probably had insight and flash that that he was going to be uh, yes. taken out for 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 a yeah. number of reasons. If it's for if it's for yes. the money, you know, um, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, w- w- people in high places, people around him that can um, make money off of him, off of his uh, death, all of that. So he had all of that on him, but he, that's why he kept also his circle so tight. And so even, yes. even with that super tight circle, the, the only few small people that he could trust or that he thought and he they could all, trust. And they all did him in. And they all did him in. They all did him in. At the very least, they sat by and watched it happen and they've sat silently for three years. Was there and anyone with, was there anyone within his inner circle that you, from these three years that you've been working on this case, because because you are you're working on this case, is there anyone within that circle that you believe did not turn on him and that he 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 trusted and they and they did not betray him? Anyone close to him? Well, you know, let me. I have to. I have to clarify a little bit because to me, when you stay silent, you you betrayed them anyway. It's kind of, of like course, of course. Know, people say, "Well, I didn't tell a lie." Yeah, well, you didn't speak the truth either. So they've all betrayed him. All of them. All, all of, them. of them. Everybody. Um, one one that comes to mind. It's so funny when I I go there. Um, Manuela. Um, whatever whatever that is. It's and 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 at one of his ex wives. Um, Manuela. Um, it feels like he trusted her quite a bit. Um, he had a lot of trust for Apollonia and she has, she's made some, she's insinuated murder. She's made some innuendos. She sent a, she sent a tweet out, right? Right? Didn't she send a tweet yeah, out? Yeah, she, she has. And I got to tell you, I mean, you know, maybe I'll sound like an ass, but that's not good enough. With with her oh, with right. her yes. fame and, right. and what right, right, she's right. got, yes. it's not yeah, it's no, not good right. enough. And in fact, she needs to put, you know a twit. Twi- it's it's time we all stand up and do something about what we know is going on. We all sit and we talk and we talk and we talk about it and we put up a post on Twitter or Facebook mm-hmm. like that's changing the world. So what I would what I would say to Apples, but again, 
you know, that's that's the best we can do as far as the two people that didn't turn on him. Or how about Margot Chase? She's the artist that worked with him on Graffiti Bridge. She's dead today. She's dead today. Her plane mysteriously went down. Wow. And, and, his night, and a nightclub manager, a prior nightclub manager, he's dead too, mysteriously died um, since Prince died. So, you know, it's like we, we don't hear about these things and they come and they go and we just let it go. But Margot Chase was murdered for what for what she knew about Prince. Um, and I think that what happens is people get scared. They get so scared that they just stay quiet and they just want to go on because they don't feel like they can fight this gang. And what I say is, I mean, it's ridiculous because they, there's there's a hundred of them and there's a billion of us. Like, really? There's so many there's so many of us and so few of them. So, you know, we've got to stand up and do something. So what I'd say is, you know, I'd, I wish Apple would Apollonia would show up in Washington. We've got our next justice rally. I'm, I'm not giving up. I will never give up. I will I w- never give up. I was just going to ask you about that. I was just going to ask mm-hmm. you about that. Can you let our listeners know uh, what you what you have planned? It's in the summer. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's July. It'll be the July 4th through the 7th, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. We'll all um, fly or drive in on the 3rd. We have people that come from all over the country, and we do have people who come in from uh, different places all over the world uh, times, too. Um, but we've got about, and, and what I love about it is it's, it's, there's about 200 of us, and we have been supporting each other, and we have stayed connected um, we're like family now through Prince. And I want to thank Prince Rogers Nelson for these amazing people. They're warriors. And they were some of the most awakened people that all heard the same message that I heard, that Prince was murdered. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I was asked by Spirit. It's the first time I've ever gone live on, on Facebook or anywhere else. I've, I've done some blog talk here and there um, for some other cases that I worked. But, you know, I was asked to go live on Facebook with this and, and to make sure it was documented. And I'm so glad I did because people from all over the world uh, heard that video. And so we have been gathering um, in, in, in groups, as many of us that can go to these rallies, uh, we, we all do, and we support one another. I've, uh, it's beautiful. It's like someone who's got a, a lot monetarily buys another person a plane ticket, and then they get to meet each other, you know, in Minneapolis or in Washington, D.C. So we're, uh, we're now on our, this will be our eighth rally coming up, our eighth rally in three years, um, and then we've got, which will be in Washington, D.C. Again, that'll be July 4th through the 7th. We welcome anybody to come. Please uh, find me on my website, abigailnoel.com. Shoot me a message. Um, or you can also find me on Facebook, please, and catch my lives. I'll be talking a lot about Prince um, tomorrow uh, as well um, and next week leading up to the three-year anniversary. Um, but again, you know, people say, well, why are you going to Washington? Well, so 4th of July, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, events going on, and the president uh, is throwing the biggest party for the United States, I guess, in, you know, uh, in, a, in a very long time or maybe in history. I don't know. Uh, someone just brought it to my attention, and Spirit uh, told me that we needed to go back to Washington, D.C. again. i got to tell you, I was disappointed. I've done a lot. I've sent a video to the president. I broke this down. I've, I've done my best to make him aware of the psychic evidence that I brought through in this case. And, and what we're asking for is we're asking for him to intervene. Intervene. I don't know where else to go because Carver County Sheriff's Department and the FBI couldn't figure this out. And I have communicated with both, both the FBI and Carver County Sheriff's Department. And I have asked them why they won't do a an, an arsenic test. A forensic. If everything a forensic, else right, right, is crazy. Right. Take them, take them 25 cents and less than, less than 24 hours. 
probably less than two minutes to get an answer as to whether Prince was being poisoned with arsenic. And I, I don't understand why they won't do it and why they won't listen. So I'm going to keep beating this drum until we get enough uh, press, uh, until we have enough people. And we're growing. We're growing. It's been it's been a, a slow burn. And it's been it's been kind of some you know slow growth over the last three years, but we're growing and the support is growing. It's not going away like they thought it would, and we are not going to go away. And I'll tell you why: because this group is tapped into their psychic nature. Man, they are awake and they know the truth. See, people are like, "Damn, these people are crazy." No, you're, we're not crazy. We just know we have the truth. The, it's the rest of the people that are believing what the media has said in this case, and we are lied to on a regular basis. But I got to tell you, the the end is coming because too many of us are awake, and I've, I've already seen the growth. It's going to keep growing and growing and growing, and pretty soon the bad guys aren't going to get away with their bad moves anymore. I love that. <laughs> right? <laughs> the bad guys aren't going to get away with it anymore. Well, um, no. We want to well, give. And real quick, real quick yeah. speaking of bad guys, then in September, we go back to Los Angeles because it'll be our second rally against Warner Brothers. We call it WBFU. And I can't <laughs> wait for that one because Spirit has told me that we will receive justice. Uh, for Prince Rogers Nelson. And, you know, we waited seven and a half years for justice in the case of Lorenzen Wright, NBA basketball star. But I was told that we would get justice in that case, and we did. And so I, I know I'm receiving the same message for Prince. And when that happens, when that happens, and when we get this arsenic, this arsenic test done, and they find out he was poisoned with arsenic, then guess what? The whole world will know that Warner Brothers was behind this, and I think we're going to get a real investigation. In fact, I mean, I already know that we are because I've, I've, I've been told by spirit that Warner Brothers will cease to exist, and not just the record company, but the, the movie division as well. They're going to have to get, like, changed. They're going to have to get a whole new outfit. They need, they're going to have to get a makeover and a new name because nobody will want to listen to any music produced by Warner Brothers, and we won't want to watch their damn movies. I don't care what stars they get to play. Mm. Abigail Noel, you are just a, uh, a fierce warrior, and uh, I know on in, in addition to the work that you've been doing on the the case of Prince, you have so many other cases that you're working at uh, working on also at the same time. And if people want to find out again more about Abigail, you can go to her website. It's abigailnoel.com. Uh, again, intuitive therapist and the psychic channel, and also uh, for information about the upcoming actions, um, the gatherings that are happening this year for Justice for Prince. It's the number four justice for the number four prince dot com. Uh, a, a, a massive gathering happening in Washington, D.C. on July 4th, 5th, and 6th, and also in September in Los Angeles. Uh, do you have the date again for that? Uh, yeah, Los Angeles is the 19th through the 25th. Okay, perfect. And um, it, yeah, it'll be the, yeah, and we're, we're gathering, we're going to hang out that time. We're doing it a little bit backwards. So we're going to, the night, the uh, 20th and 21st, uh, we will we will be on on the beach. So the the work days, the actual protest days, will be on the twenty second and twenty third. Okay. Oh wow, uh, both really um, powerful powerful gatherings. Abigail Noel, I want to thank you again, my dear. Thank you for all of the amazing work that you do, for your fierce uh, tenacity 
And, um, and again, just for, just for being such an amazing human being and in my life, such a, a dear, wonderful friend. Thank you again, my love. And, um, I will, uh, we're going to, we'll put the link to the original show that we did. Okay. We'll put that up and, um, Perfect. and then we'll, we'll have you back on and talking about, uh, more, uh, the, the details as these come through on, on this particular case. Cause as we said, as you said earlier, this case is still open. It is not a, uh, a shut case on Prince's murder. Thank you again, Abby. Thank you, Christine. And I want to thank, thank you out of the box listeners. Yes. I want to thank you out of the box listeners so much for listening. Remember you can share this podcast. You can share this on YouTube. It's easy to do in your social media. Please do that. Also, you can subscribe to this program. If you're hearing this show for the very first time, you can subscribe to out of the box with Christine on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or YouTube. And as always, we say, uh, until next time, remember to always, always think outside of that damn box. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.